0: Well, good morning and welcome today to Labor Day weekend and our United service. Uh, It's on these types of weekends where we try to take advantage of a lot of our regulars traveling and having vacation plans or maybe hosting family and friends from out of town. So where a lot of folks are away, it's an opportunity for us to kind of bring our whole church family underneath one roof for one service where we have a little bit more of a worship experience. Some of us or some of them don't wear any shoes on these Sundays and these are the Sundays that I kind of am okay with allowing their toes to be free in worship and anywhere. So we're glad you're here. Obviously, as a church, we're trying to navigate the season of, of COVID. And typically, we've got tables and chairs in the auditorium because when, we're, when we got two services, we kind of, kind of spread everybody out. And we kind of joked that we can't do tables and chairs for United Services because there's so many of you trying to fit into one room. Uh, but about a month ago, our church family probably had its first and only kind of, you know, Uh, COVID impact, where for the first year and a half, we were largely, you know, absent from a lot of COVID uh, uh, contractions in people in our church. About a month ago, a lot of folks got COVID, so we kind of joked, well, at least we're naturally vaccinated right now. If you're not you know, shot vaccinated right now, so we'll continue to kind of navigate the season, and we appreciate you being here today, whether in person or viewing online, man, if you're checking us out, uh, if you're on a boat or a beach right now, do not message us, we're glad that you're watching us from where you're vacationing, uh, but we only want to celebrate with you if you're in your couch right now, because in some way, this might be a better seat than your seat. But if you're on the beach or on a boat, that's, you've got the best seat. So anyway, with all of you in person today, go ahead and welcome those who are viewing online. Thank you so much for checking us out. As the video there kind of helped to introduce, we're going to get into a series this month on on the, on the character of John. And I, I struggle to say the character of John because anytime in our current culture when we use the word character, it's not a very uh, uh, supportive word. Normally, we say people who act out our characters, right? So John was a person. So we're going to talk about the the person. I want to introduce the person of John today and look at some of his writings throughout the month of September. I hope you'll come back to hear it because John, as a person, had an interesting faith journey in his own right and things he had to develop in his own life that I think would would relate very well to where all of us are at. John actually died in his mid-90s, which was kind of incredible given the time he lived in. He actually made five submissions of books to the Bible. There's the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then the Book of Revelation. And these books, he, all, he wrote all in the last 10 years of his life. So these were, these were late-life submissions, late-life additions he made. He's the only one of the technically 13 disciples, if you you know count Judas and his replacement, that lived beyond the age of 60. And although he walked with Jesus for three-and-a-half years two-thirds of John's life came after his time with Jesus. So he really had this late-life maturation after all the experiences and the interactions he had with Christ. And, um, and I, I want to look back at the passage that you heard people reading there, participants of our church in that video to help introduce this series for the month. Because in John chapter 1, verse 1, the, the verse starts off here, and John is now writing about something that he has not seen, but he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now I've got to pause right there, and in my own humanity, kind of stop and say, now John, how are you writing about the beginning of time when you yourself lived 4,000 years after the beginning? Like, what are you doing speaking to that? And then my natural mind struggles because I look at the Word as this paper-bound book of the Bible, and we didn't have printing presses 6,000 years ago. I mean, really, when John lives, about the time that the printing press became even more and more real and, 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 and uh, uh, able to be uh, uh, manufactured and distributed. So what is John talking about that the Word was all the way back in the beginning? There wasn't a Bible back then, that it was with God, but it was God. What is he trying to say? What's interesting because John had a, 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 a unique travel of life in his spiritual growth just to get to this point of being able to say, hey, in the beginning, whether you saw it or not, the Word was there. It was with God, and it was who God was. Because where John started was a very unique spot. I want to read this passage here in Mark chapter 3 and kind of make sense of it here in a second. It starts off here by referencing John's older brother James, or James and John, the sons of Zebedee, uh, that Jesus ended up nicknaming the Sons of Thunder. A little background story as to why Jesus, he, he had like pet names for all of his followers, uh, kind of nicknames, and I, I, I think Jesus would have named this uh, to, the, to the brothers with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek and laughter in his voice. But literally, the disciples and John are passing through a Samaritan-controlled uh, area on their way to Jerusalem, and there was quite a, a, a racial contrast between Samaritans and Jews, So as the Samaritans learned, the locals, that Jesus and his followers were passing through on the way to a place that Jews were at, the Samaritans put up some obstacles for Jesus and his followers. Well, John didn't like that the Samaritans were kind of hating on them because they were going to minister to the Jews. So John responds to their hatred and says, hey, Jesus, would you like me and my brother to call down lightning from heaven and cast fire to all of them? I find that interesting and relatable to some of the the, the, the social media missionaries who are out there who are crusading for justice, inequality, and unity, and using hateful words <laughs> towards others who are not like them to try to bring this sense of equality and justice. And it's kind of what he's doing here. They're hating on us because they hate them, so let's go hate on them. And I think Jesus looks back and goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, boys, cool it. Sons of Thunder, all right, like quit, quit rumbling around here like you're going to set fire to this place. I think this is the origin, the, the, the origin of where Adele got her song, set fire to the rain. I think this is where it began. So it's a wrong concept. John, you're, you're growing in this thing that I'm trying to lay down before you. You're trying to pick this thing up. But John is the younger brother of James, and we know that by some, some assumption because James, this James, is often referred to as the older of the two Jameses that are following Jesus. He's referred to as the, the greater James, which is kind of funny. How would you like to go down in history as the greater versus the lesser James? Which one are you? I'm the lesser James. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So you can only imagine here how John loved to hang out with the older brother, how he kind of smelled himself a little bit. I mean, if you've got an older sibling or an older cousin or an older friend in the neighborhood you hung out with when you were younger, it was really cool to hang out with the older cool kids because you kind of stepped out there a little further, didn't you? Oh, I, I, got, I, got, my, I got greater James behind me here, so I'm going to talk about lighting my, my adversaries up with lightning and fire. John's probably speaking out here a little bit more than he needs to. But John grows, and the person of John starts to develop in his walk with Jesus as he continues to step through this. We pick up John's growth here in John chapter 19, verse 26, and here's the picture of Jesus hanging on the cross. He's breathing his last few breaths of of natural life here on this earth, and Jesus, when he saw his mother Mary and the disciple whom he loved, now John is writing this, referring to himself that way, which is kind of interesting. I'll come back to that. The disciple whom Jesus loved is standing nearby his mother. Jesus says to, mo- to his mother Mary, Woman, here's your new son. And what Jesus is assigning here is Mary had lost her husband Joseph, ultimately Jesus' stepfather, some years before. Joseph was older than Mary and passed away uh, much, much uh, uh, long before the crucifixion happened. So it was always the oldest son's responsibility to care for his widowed mother. So as Jesus is passing away, he's assigning this responsibility to his best friend, his closest confidant in this life, who is John, who John affectionately went from Sons of Thunder to renaming himself to the one whom Jesus loved. I went from a place of hatred and injustice and, and vengeful thinking of wanting to light other people up to now being referred to six times in Scripture as the one Jesus loves. So John continues to grow here. He starts off the sons of thunder. He moves to the one that that Jesus loves in Revelation, his last contribution to Scripture, uh, the very last piece he wrote here in Revelation chapter four, or part of the last piece he wrote in Revelation chapter four, verse one. It says that after John had looked and saw before himself a door standing open in heaven, there was a voice that John heard first speaking to him like a trumpet, and it said, "Come up here." This is God speaking to John, showing him a a natural in-living picture revelation of what the end of the story is going to look like. I will show you what must take place after this. So John having to go through all types of trials and tribulations and obstacles and all these things in life, where he first starts off by quoting what the beginning was, even though he wasn't there and wasn't a part of that, he's certain of how things began. Now he's being given a picture of how things are going to end and where things are going to be at the end of the day. John is getting this picture and it's an illustration for us that when we struggle in the moment, it's often because we have forgotten where we've come from. And because we've forgotten where we come from, we lose sight of where we're trying to go. And we end up floundering here in the middle of life, not sure of where to go and how to go about it because life seems so confusing when you don't know the end caps of how this goes. So the thought I want to lead us to in worship here as we go back into some songs in a moment is that when you forget where you came from, When you forget about what the beginning was, because you weren't there, and if you can't imagine how the Word was God, it was with God, and He walked among us, when you forget about where we came from, it's real difficult to keep your sight on where you're going. And that's where the here and now can get so confusing. I don't know how it's going to end. I'm uncertain. I'm insecure. I'm really afraid of how this is going to happen. So John helps to stitch together the, the, the beginning to the end and shows us how do we live here in the moment to bring together pieces that we, we're not quite sure how it began, but we have a, a belief and a hope and a faith. We're not quite sure how it's going to end, but with a belief and a hope and a faith, we can get there. How do we live that out in the here and now? John chapter 1, verse 14. So the Word was God, was with God. And here John says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that you and I got a chance to behold His glory. That when we beheld His glory, we got a chance to to live in the midst of his presence, no longer in the Old Testament is the Spirit of God only living in a tent that you had to go and to be perfect and, and enter into. Now John is saying, listen, the, the glory of God that sits together where you came from and where you're going is in the moment of you just believing that if you'll open your hands to receive God and lift your hands to exalt God and spread your arms wide to embrace God, you'll behold his glory and is, his presence will dwell among you. Someone say amen. That's the whole goal of this. So I'm going to be real short inside of of how I'm going to share because I want to set the platform and leave the platform for us to, to experience worship today and have some kind of moments and segments of the service today where we can look a little further deeper into the situation of worship and how it can carry us from what we're not quite sure of in our past and what we're not quite sure of in our future. So I want you to picture in your mind as we continue in service in just a moment Of what are you facing right now? What is it that's got you uncertain of how it's going to end? What is it that you're so uncertain of what is in your future that you have forgotten where you've come from in your past? What is it? Because if you'll keep that in mind, the beholding of His glory in the here and now can be a whole lot more certain. So I'm going to invite the worship team to, to jump back into a song here entitled, The Battle Belongs. In fact, why don't we stand up to our feet here, right where we're at? As we sing this song, the song kind of gets into this idea that, man, I, I don't know what was, I don't know what will, be, what will become, but if I can just stand here and now, I will walk into and through all the things that I'm facing. So, what have you forgotten of how it all began for you? What are you uncertain of as to how things will unfold? If those are two challenges and two tensions you're facing right now, allow the battle to belong to him, and inside of that, you just behold the fact that he brings victory out of every situation. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence. God, we welcome you in this house. God, thank you for a a Sunday holiday morning on on a weekend that we're doing more yard work and things around the house that we care to choose to do. But, God, in this moment right here, we get to open our hands and lift our hands and spread wide our arms to embrace and behold you. Whatever we're facing right now, where the revelation is unclear and the beginning is is uncertain, God, help us in this moment to grab a hold of who you are in our lives today for the future to come. In Jesus' name we all said.